Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Nomad World Weekly Series. I'm Becky, and I'll be your host. And today, we're going to be talking about how cryptocurrency can help you achieve your digital nomad dream with my guest, Jemson Chan. Jemson, welcome to the show. Well, hello, guys. Uh, it's great meeting you all, especially Becky. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yep. we Hi. met recently. We both discovered we were digital nomads and we were both living for, for part of the year, at least in Lisbon. So great to meet another Lisbon local. Or oh, should I say Lisbon night or Lisbon, uh, <laughs> whatever the term it's called. But yeah. Yeah, great to like see you too. Great Elizabeth to meet Nomad. up with you too. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, great. So, okay, Jepson, can you first tell us about your background and how you started your digital nomad journey? Right. So, hi, my name is Jemson, and I have a total of five years working experience as a software tester. It's also known as a QA tester for those who are not in the IT industry or those who are unfamiliar with uh, testing. But anyway, how do I actually begin my digital nomad journey is that I was actually working for a company. Uh, I don't want to disclose which company that is. And I remember one of my early assignments was being assigned by that company to Bangkok, Thailand to work on a project. And it's a project that I really like because finally, you know, at that time I was like, finally, you know, I've, 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 you know, I can kill two birds with one stone. Number one, to be able to work remotely, like legit remotely from the headquarters in Singapore, uh, as well as to experience uh, uh, the the work life, the work and working and the working and uh, leisure lifestyles in Thailand. Second reason is because at that time I was quite interested in working on uh, mobile apps or working with mobile apps. So yeah, that's what got me started. That's the spark that ignites my interest in becoming a digital nomad. Though it's not, though it's not my favorite company anymore, but uh, yeah, I did enjoy the lives, the, the digital nomad lifestyle, especially in Thailand, uh, because everything is so cheap, the people, is nice, the people are nice. And uh, yeah, there's lots of fun things to do while I was there. And it's from then that I decided to be a digital nomad after I quit and left my job with that company. But unfortunately, you know, COVID happened, the lockdown happened everywhere across the world, not only just in my country. And my plans were put on hold for two, almost three years. And finally, here I am right now in Lisbon in 2023. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, uh, yeah. Where are you from originally, Jemson? Which country? Where is your path? Like, where originally, yeah, originally I'm from Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like, you are now in Portugal. And what made you choose Portugal as your base? Well, there are a few factors which allow me to finalize my uh, decision of choosing Portugal as a base. So, one of them is the good weather. Second one is the great food. Similar to Thailand, people <laughs> that I get to know. Surprisingly, for a country that is considered like a, that, that speaks, you know, an Iberian language, 
the other Iberian language being Spanish, of course, um, they know how to communicate communicate in English, especially here in Lisbon, even though I'm still terrible at making up Portuguese. Uh, not sure about you, Becky, or any of the listeners out there. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough language yeah. if you don't know a romance language already, the pronunciation in particular. I know. I struggle with that as well. And um, the last two but more major reasons are the relatively, I say, quote-unquote, lower cost of living compared to the rest of Europe, including Singapore as well. And uh, the, again, relatively favorable attitude towards crypto, especially Bitcoin, because of the, uh, because recently, I think there was a law that's passed by the Portuguese parliament and the EU parliament uh, that laid down very clear, proper, structured regulations with regards to the crypto space, especially Bitcoin. Uh, compare that to the shenanigans of uh, the US, what's happening over there right now with the SEC, you know, regulation by enforcement. I don't want to repeat the <laughs> last week's bad news, but yeah, that's just a gist of what happened in recent times with uh, regards to crypto regulation in the US. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know for those who don't know, um, cryptocurrency is really not, it's it's being regulated, but like you said, in a really harsh way in the US, they're not giving any clarity for regulations. They're not moving forward with what can be, you know, a commodity versus a security for these different currencies and coins. And so um, the US can't move forward with this industry, really. They're, they're just stuck right now. But the EU has, like you said, past laws within the last year, even like it seems every month you hear about a new regulation, but they are trying to get things clear. So industries in these different countries within the EU can move forward, including Portugal, Germany, France. So it is still interesting though, because every every country seems to be also making its own laws. So we have a lot of clarity still to go, but at least the EU as a body is trying to move forward. I agree. Yes. So let's talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. How did you first learn about Bitcoin and get into the whole industry? Right. Good thing. You know, it's a, it's a good thing that you asked me that question. Uh, and uh, before I even start, it's also great that you actually separate or you pointed out the difference between Bitcoin and the other currencies as, you know, they are like, I would say, polar opposites of each other by definition. But I'll let, I'll explain more about this later if we have the time. So um, how do I actually first get into Bitcoin? It's actually towards the tail end of 2018. For those of you who may not know or are not familiar with what happened in 2018, it was the, it was the bear market of the previous bear market of the current uh, crypto Bitcoin you know, uh, investment cycle. And it was actually my first bear market that I experienced. And in the midst of all these boredom, you know, the very slow news, news cycle, I mean, in the crypto space at the time that I realized one thing, you know, basically, you know, the markets are guided by fear and greed. 
someone wise, I don't want to mention the name, <laughs> you know, said, you know, buy when there's blood on the streets. And that's why I really did. I actually want to get into Bitcoin the year before, but the prices I felt were too high back then, especially when he, when he just broke the 20,000 US dollar mark per Bitcoin, like per unit of Bitcoin. So I would say I was kind of fortunate enough to wait for wait out for that one year. And then at the end of 2018, I think it's December 2018, if I'm not wrong, when the price was as low as 3,200 US dollars per unit of Bitcoin, that I decided, you know what? The price has dropped of like about 80% from its all-time high. It's a good time to enter. And then so that's how you know I get into Bitcoin. Even more interestingly, is that uh, since I was a beginner, I was a beginner, I didn't know you know much about Bitcoin at that time. So I did try to do some research, you know, educate myself. Yes, you heard that right. I educate myself. Nobody taught me or guide me into Bitcoin or crypto. So yeah, by actually looking through all these um, YouTube YouTube channels, those crypto YouTube channels, uh, crypto media at that time, especially I think one website which until today I, I still rely on for, for regular updates, you know, with regards to the Bitcoin space, as which is called the Bitcoin um Bitcoin magazine. Yes, shout out to that. <laughs> still reading on articles, trying to improve myself. And then slowly once I got my first Bitcoin from a Bitcoin ATM, I dove deeper. I even read the, the Bitcoin white paper by myself, all eight pages. Uh, and now I'm like trying in that process to reread it again, you know, so that I will never forget the, I will never forget, you know, the purpose of why I even got into Bitcoin in the first place five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for explaining that in such an, it's such an easy to follow way. Um, so I know that now, you know, it's, it seems it's about the same timing as when you became a digital nomad around the same time, 2018, when you went to Thailand. And so how has, yeah. how has Bitcoin helped you on your digital nomad journey and how does it continue to help you? Because um, Bitcoin is the very first uh, asset that I actually own, which is purely digital decentralized it's not tied to any country or uh its domicile is not you know fixed which means to say that you know let's say if i decide to you know let's say you know i hate i won't say hate but i, I don't really like singapore eh, I, I want to go to thailand i want to go to here in lisbon for example i could just simply uh bring along my bring along my hardware wallet remember the um the 12 or 24 word seed freeze and all that and yeah i'll be fine try doing that you know with other assets like you know gold i, I know you know lots of people will, will, will shit on me by saying oh you know you know there's many different forms of gold like coins and all that but you know customs are the issue they can confiscate uh, gold coins you can confiscate you know like uh, uh, some other asset like Housing is also quite difficult because it's illiquid and um, 
real estate, your real estate is illiquid and it's very hard to transact, you know, at the whim's notice. Let's say if you want to be a digital nomad. So out of all of the assets that you know I'm familiar with or I used to own, I grew in my love, in my passion for Bitcoin, and that's the reason why it helped me on my digital nomad journey because uh, it's about freedom. Simply put, it's about freedom, you know, freedom to move around, freedom to spend your own, your, your, your own hard-earned money, if you want. Okay, yeah. I have to ask Paul, or Jemson, sorry, Paul is your middle name. I have to ask Jemson um, why, it, you know, I'm sure people hear terrible things in the news about Bitcoin all the time. So, you know, and that it's very volatile. Why should people, yes. what, how can it be our freedom if it's going to be something we cannot rely on price-wise? What if, you know, it goes to zero? I understand their concerns, especially, you know, when the news outlets that they are seeing is actually not very pro or favorable into crypto, especially into Bitcoin. Uh, to be honest, you know, with as with every single innovation, just to reassure the public out there, as with every single innovation, starting from, you know, electricity to cars to pr the printing press and whatnot, there will always be negative um, press. There will always be like disadvantages at first because the tech that is first envisioned that first came out, it's not very reliable. But slowly as time goes on, as the tech improves, the adoption improves, and then people tend to like it more. Yeah, and that's how, you know, you, that's how actually adoption grows and people get to be more used to it until it's become a household name. Similarly for Bitcoin as well. Um, earlier you mentioned about um, you mentioned about the uh, volatility in price. But what if I what if I actually offer the viewers or the listeners another perspective? The price is actually not the fault of Bitcoin, but per se, but rather the price is actually the volatility of the US dollar itself, or the X amount or whatever X currency, X country's currency that is used to, you know, measure per unit of Bitcoin. Because if you give it a long enough time frame, all fiat currencies will eventually fail. This has always been the case since the Roman Empire all the way to, to today, 2000 years. Name me one currency that, like one, one fiat currency that doesn't fail, that lasted, you know, that long. <laughs> The only one to think of is gold coins. <laughs> so true. we definitely yeah, use um, the currency of the Romans anymore from the ancient times. That's true. <laughs> of course. So it's precisely because of that that I would like to challenge, like politely challenge the viewer to actually um, broaden the mindset and to actually read up, research, like do their own read up, research, and, you know, come to their own conclusions instead of, you know, relying too heavily on a certain type of media that is very skewed against uh, against this new technology called Bitcoin. Yes, that, that's true. It is one, that is a different way to look at it. Also, I wanted to ask you, yes. because I, I also think people are hearing that, you know, governments are clamping down on access to Bitcoin through exchanges. 
what if all of the exchanges get shut down and the world's governments decide we're not going to allow this in all the countries they all agree then you know what would happen if you'd invested in this in these currencies that you thought were going to be protected or usable let's say well uh if you want to actually were old enough to remember, not sure about some of the viewers or the listeners here, but I was actually old enough to remember that, you know, file streaming software or file streaming websites like, you know, Napster or, you know, those type of websites, they were once deemed illegal. But look what happened to, you know, song sharing, file sharing, information sharing websites since then. They improve a lot, you know, in terms of usability, in terms of UI, UX, in terms of acceptance, that's the most important thing, because governments can clamp down on anything, as I mentioned uh, earlier with regards to new innovation. They try to clamp down on the printing press uh, 500 years ago, but today's books are printed on the printing press. <laughs> and uh, I think the same, I believe in the same realm with um, you know, the printing press, with the internet, with the with file sharing websites, try as they might to block off the access, kill off the on and off ramps. But, you know, once an idea is already out there, you can't kill an idea unless you kill every single one, <laughs> which, of course, they're not going to do. So, yeah, rest assured that they may try to do that, but the, you know, you see the innovativeness, the innovativeness, the innovation that you know that lies within within every single human being, especially you know Bitcoiners, us Bitcoiners. We would persevere through and eventually invent or rather reinvent new ways to onboard people in the Bitcoin. And define uh, what money right. is. Yeah. Well, yes, thank and, you. Uh, thank for you for example, explaining. Thank you oh. for explaining more about that. <laughs> I do want to have time to ask you. So, there's many communities that digital nomads gravitate to it as they travel around the world. I'm sure that we've both seen many yeah. different groups. Is this also true for cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin? Can you find crypto communities around the world to plug into when you go to different places? The answer is yes, you can because. Uh, Crypto communities are not siloed, which means it says like, oh, um, the crypto community in Singapore doesn't really interact with the ones from India, the ones from Hong Kong, the ones from the ones from here in Lisbon. No, 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 that's not true. We actually are interconnected, especially, you know, we are using a technology that relies on the internet. So communications between the different communities is also very vast, very broad. Yeah, so just to give you a few examples of the crypto communities that I've been that I've been to around the world. Uh, I've been to the crypto community in Thailand when I was there in Bangkok. And wow, it's really, really heartening to see, especially young Thais and um, of course some experts living in Thailand, that they're really passionate about crypto, especially Bitcoin. Same here in this one as well. The vibe may be different, the culture may be different, but you know, 
Overall, we are still united by one common goal, which is to spread and build awareness upon cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin. Yeah. Yes. Do you know of any other examples in Lisbon of like crypto communities that get together regularly? Yes, we do. Actually, uh, speaking about uh, crypto communities here in Lisbon that uh, I've been to, there are several. The main one that I've been to and it's already available on meetup.com is the Lisbon Bitcoin Maximalist Meetup. For those who are more interested in altcoins like Ethereum or you know some other altcoin like Solana, Chainlink, for example, there is the block. Like the meetup is literally called the block Lisbon. It's a separate uh, meetup event. It's also uh, available in meetup.com. That's also and, a uh, space if people want to go and it's, work with, with like-minded people. Yeah. Yes, yes. Glad that you added that in as well. Lastly, I also have my own uh, personal um, meetups that I have together with um, a few other Bitcoiners like Lorenzo, Seb, and uh, my one of my German Bitcoiner friends, his name is Mike. We all are also in this other separate uh, Bitcoin, pro-Bitcoin meetup. And we are actually planning to have a, a meetup real soon towards the end of this month in June. So um, stick around. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I think that this would be true in so many cities around the world. And you also have several conferences all throughout the year related to not only Bitcoin, but all kinds of different cryptocurrencies. So if this is something you get into or you start to come across more and more as a digital nomad and you see like advertisements of different cryptocurrencies, it's a, it's definitely something you, you can tap into around the world and you can meet like-minded people once you start learning more about it, if it's something that you want to get into. So... That is, I think, an interesting part of, of this movement as you're also a nomad moving around the world. Yes, I totally agree with that. Uh, also, I was wondering, so do you have any tips for like uh, people that might want to get into Bitcoin like for the first time? Like you said, you taught yourself. Is there like, and you talked about the Bitcoin magazine, is that maybe the best first place to go? or YouTube, or what, what would you recommend? Um, because of the proliferation of so much um, crypto media, like crypto multimedia, especially YouTube videos, uh, articles, and crypto Twitter online, that it's very easy for a beginner to get overwhelmed. Like compared to, to you know, when I first got into Bitcoin, there were like relatively few uh, YouTube channels, few, news outlets and whatnot so in order to um, in order to actually uh, not feel so overwhelmed uh, my suggestion is actually to start off you know with the basics and the fundamentals one of which I would like to recommend is a book from uh, it's a book from Lorenzo my, a fellow Italian Bitcoiner friend of my own I, I believe Becky you also know Lorenzo right yes yes yeah. He, yeah, he did write so, a very nice book to like to learn more. Um, I yes. can share the name if, if you, it's called Hey Mom, I Bought Bitcoin. 
I think it's available in Italian and English. Oh, I can't see it through your Zoom yeah. screen. Can you back it up just a little bit? I could. Oh, it's on your phone. Okay. Yes, it's. Oh, that was on my pull phone. your phone back just a little bit. Pull it back a little more, a little more. It's like this, this, um, pull it back. There you go. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> you can almost see the cover. Mm. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of cutting out. So this is the, this is the image of the cover. cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anime style sort of cartoon. Yeah. yeah. So, Hey mom, I bet Bitcoin is on Amazon. That, that is a great place to start. It goes through the history of the financial system and then, um, mostly, gives you more about Bitcoin than other cryptocurrencies, but it's a, it's a very easy read. Yes. Uh, another book that I will recommend for beginners is the Bitcoin standard by Safadine Amush. I will type out the name later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because yeah, I'm very bad at pronouncing names. Yeah. yeah. But the title is called the Bitcoin standard. Just Google it or... Yeah, such it. We will put some links in the YouTube channel as well, what we're talking definitely, about. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. As you became a nomad and you started traveling as well, like, do you, do you have any tips for people that are just starting out or they're thinking about becoming nomads? What gave you, like, the confidence to start this journey and actually, like, move around and eventually end up in Lisbon? To be honest, uh... Sorry, there's, there's a plane flying off when you mentioned digital nomad. I feel like flying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but back to the question, like in all seriousness. Um, so to be honest with you, Becky, uh, not everyone is actually cut out to be a digital nomad because, you know, it, it all depends on the person's circumstances, the person's lifestyle choices, preferences, many other factors as well so that's why first and foremost before he or she or decide to embark on the journey of becoming a digital nomad one has to consider you know all the you know factors including the push and pull factors why would i want to be a digital nomad you know am i like am i satisfied with me currently staying here in my country working on a nine-to-five job for example or do i have that yearning that wanderlust you know of traveling around the world experiencing different cultures histories people and ideas and whatnot you know so yeah first you have to ask that question be frank about themselves and then once they come to a conclusion then we could actually uh, talk about becoming a digital nomad. If the answer is yes, then um, yeah, they could actually slowly learn about the lifestyle, the definition of what is a digital nomad. And then from there, like, you know, how I first entered into Bitcoin, I also sank down deeper and deeper into this uh, digital nomad rabbit hole. Okay, that's a great but first tip. They have to, yeah, but first they have to, you know, they have to know about themselves first. As soon as soon Zhu, Sun Tzu, you know, as they call it in Chinese, once said, like in that quote, if you know yourself, 
And if you know your enemy, you definitely win. And I said win 100 battles. Thank you, you for know. sharing that. That's so important before you even get started. Really look inside. Is this for me? Am I cut out for this? And then see what those answers are. Well, Jemson, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your digital nomad journey with us, introducing us to another industry we might want to get into and, and look deep into you know, finance. Is this something I want to look at financially and start to understand a new technology? So is there anything else you would like to share with us before you go? And if, pe if people want to follow you, for example, where can they go? Sure. So if people wanted to follow me, I'm on my Instagram handle. Uh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. Actually, I don't use Facebook nowadays, so <laughs> mm -hmm. cut out Facebook. Um, so for my uh, Instagram handle, it will be Paul the Free. There's the Paul. Links, <laughs> the name Paul, yes. Links down below. Uh, that's where, yeah, that's where you could find me, you know, talking about my daily life. Uh, but if you want to be, if you actually want to follow my more crypto or Bitcoin specific content, you could actually follow, you know, uh, you could actually follow the, my podcast, I would say channel or handle on Spotify. It's called the Orange Peel Uncensored podcast. It's available on Spotify. It's available on Apple, on Apple Podcasts. Soon, uh, I'm going to release it on many other platforms, maybe including Twitter Spaces and um, the uh, uh, Twitter Spaces and Fountain. In case anybody doesn't know what Fountain is, it's actually a, a Bitcoin version of Spotify for podcasts. So, yeah. Yeah, you get Bitcoin as you listen, right? Yes. That's awesome. Everybody check that out. Google Fountain Podcast Bitcoin and you'll probably find it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Jemson. This was really interesting to learn more about. All right. Thanks, Becky. Thanks okay. to the listeners as well for, yep. Thank you.